Hi, I'm Alex. Hi, I'm Ananya. And this is the TFL podcast, baby. Let's just let's just start. <laughs> so Alex was just trying to delete um a podcast clip from a previous podcast and she had to go through like four steps like delete all delete forever and I was just thinking it's harder to delete a voice memo from your iPhone than it is to storm the capital honestly yeah because that was four steps and apparently the only <laughs> step you need to invade the capital is to be white so that's just one step <laughs> um I'm also drinking Corona beer, um, not for the bit. The bit mm. is over. It's just the yeah. only thing that was in my fridge. And Ananya <laughs> was telling me she was drinking something. And would you like to tell that story? Yeah, yeah. So um, yesterday I found out that hard lemonade had alcohol in it. Um, I didn't know that. I thought that the hard meant like it was hard to drink because it was just like so concentrated and so sour. Um, and then, yeah, so I was having a bit of Mike's Hard Lemonade, and um, I was like, this is not that sour. Like, oh, like, I, this is a flex. I can easily drink this. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, wait, why am I, why am I drunk? Um, and yeah, that's basically, it's basically how it went. I can't believe you. That's like, me thinking that Martha's Vineyard was owned by Martha Stewart until like a month ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can't believe you thought hard was just like intense lemonade, like super <laughs> lemonade. Uh, and yeah. I mean, the like beer bottle shape should have given it away. Um, but I yeah. just like don't have any neurons remaining. Um, yeah. And just so you know, twisted tea doesn't mean that it's gonna doesn't mean you do the twist when you do it, it means it's also alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is twisted tea i've seen so many memes about it and is it just alcohol okay tea? the reason why you've seen memes about it is because there's this viral video of a guy saying the n-word in a gas station to a black man and he's like I bet you won't hit me. I bet you won't hit me. And then the black guy hits him with the twisted tea and like knocks him out. And like, that's why people are like, someone give me a twisted tea and I'm going to talk to Mitch McConnell. Like, that's the bit. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so... always gas stations where things like this happen. Yeah. I wonder if twisted tea sales like went up because I really hope they did. Twisted tea, yeah. twisted tea really said a cab. Like I don't know. Um, <laughs> I should have invested in some twisted tea stock. Exactly, and very smart. Thing is, though, like speaking of the Corona, I'm drinking. Um, Corona sales went down after the coronavirus. So that's interesting. I mean, if you have more time to stay at home and drink, I would expect it to go up. But I guess that. This just shows that Corona is not America's beer. No, I think it was because like people were haunted by the coronavirus and they didn't want a constant reminder. Yeah, just the just like the trauma. Um, that makes sense. What do you think America's favorite beer is? Keeping in mind that half of the country is white supremacists. Yeah, um, 
I don't know what they drink. Maybe like Bud Light. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, well, it's funny because that's what they have at suck parties. Suck parties. Yes. I don't honestly don't remember suck parties. I think I went to one and I think I left rather quickly. <laughs> that was the one that we went to together and that's how we met. Um, it was a it was a fun night. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I do remember pre-gaming with you. I thought that was very fun. Yeah, and then we went and it was just like people sitting on couches with like a bowl of pretzels in between them. Literally every single comedy party is no dancing, no nothing, just people in small circles trying to be funnier than the other one. Like, it's literally just, like, people, like, getting their dick sucked comedic-wise. They're just like, parties are stupid, I'm gonna make a joke, and the other person's like, haha, jokes, and no one's actually having a good time. Everyone's just, like, trying to, like, keep up the bit. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Leave the bits in the shows, and, like... yeah. The after parties, we can just relax. I think that's what we need to learn is to relax. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the comedy groups, I've had this thought recently. And which high school cliques do you think each comedy group fits into? Um, Suck is definitely the jocks. What? Um, No, I think the institute is the jocks slash prep slash In, like the institute would girls. definitely yeah the institute would definitely be the preppy kids but when i say the suck would be jocks i mean like they it, w- it wouldn't be like football it would be like an underfunded like not very cool <laughs> sport like track and field um <laughs> oh my god that's kind of savage um yeah. <laughs> i think that majors undecided would be the band kids and i don't mean that in a mean way i just mean that in the way I think that it is a fact. It, it is a fact. And you, you're absolutely right. When I say that... Alex. Yes. You're going to... Where's the... the I can't bring... I can't bring the dog out. The collar is over there. No, no. You do it. I gotta go sleep. I'm doing something. I know. Doing nothing useful. Go. <laughs> Bye. I'll be right back. Jesus Christ. Okay, okay, I'm gonna pause. I'm just gonna keep it going. Shit. Okay, yeah. I'm back. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so I say Majors Undecided is band kids because they made a fucking sketch about Scooby Doo fucking no i don't remember what it was but it was sexual and it involved scooby-doo and then they've done two b-movie sketches and one of them was definitely sexual and i'm just saying that's band kid humor but not in a bad way as as a casual member of major undecided um who has seen the rejected sketches someone wrote um a music video type of sketch that was about being sexually attracted to a car so i think that this just furthers your point that we are the band kids <laughs> oh i love it it's so it's so creative but the only like genius that could come up with that is the band kids um what are the other groups what about cheap socks oh the cheap socks would be like the cool stoners yeah Cause that's basically what they—that's basically what they are. Um, <laughs> is cool stoners. 
I'm, you know, I'm making myself beef with every single comedy group right now in this podcast episode. It's yeah. okay. I love, I love you guys all. Um, what about, what would TFL be? I feel like... Oh, TFL would be, like, the kids who are, like, the coolest and the most sexy and, like, basically the best kids in the whole school. Literally. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, the popular girls, but we're also, like, loved by everyone. But, and like Yeah, but we don't know we're popular. We're yeah. literally perfect is, yeah. I have to get my beer. It's on my desk because <laughs> I had to move it when my dad interrupted. Hold on. Oh, God, this is going to be a nightmare to edit. Yeah, I mean, immigrant parents do be doing that, which is why... Um, so I lived at home fall semester um, of my junior year, which is just like this past semester, um, and doing online school while my dad was working from home, it was an experience. Um, it's horrible. They don't think that Zoom school is real school. So they just and like... I don't either. I don't either. So I can't blame them. It's optional for me. Yeah. Yeah, when I was taking classes at home, they just, like, came in all the time. Um, they didn't give a fuck on camera. They were like, hi. I was like, bro. <laughs> like, imagine <laughs> if you were, like, in real life class and, like, your your dad just came in the door. I was like, hi. <laughs> My dad would do that even in real life. So um, I that's something I can imagine. Um <laughs> What they would, what my dad would do is, so my dad's a software engineer and, you know, just to be the typical Asian immigrant parents, you know, throwing out those stereotypes that like 0.1% of Tufts will understand. Um, So basically I would be in my computer science classes watching the lecture videos and my dad would come in and be like, can I watch with you? (laughs) And I would have to say, absolutely not. Another thing that I feel like is more common with Asian parents is like, do your parents, when you're in an argument with them, like cite the fact that they gave you food as a baby for the reasons why you should respect them? Are they ever like, I fed you as a child. Like I raised you like good job, mom. You didn't commit infanticide. Am I supposed to like (laughs) say you're always right because of that? Yeah, the guilt trip is very real because that did work on me for most of my life. And, you know, I just very recently realized that, you know, as a child, I was entitled to good parenting and it wasn't um, it wasn't something that I'm necessarily lucky to have. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Oh, or, or this one, like, I birthed you. Thanks. I didn't ask for that. Take it back. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> like, I'm not totally kidding about that last part. Um, But my parents would get so offended whenever I would say, like, I didn't choose to be born. Um, But, like, it's factual. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't have suicidal thoughts. But I, this semester, I was talking to my friend. And I was like, this is how I see life at this point. It was, this was like, I was in the dumps. But I was like, this is how I see life at this point. I said... It's like when you go to a party that you didn't want to go to, but you're like, I'm here, I might as well do it. Like, I'm here, I might as well stay. That's, like, was my perspective on life this semester. I was like, well, (laughs) I'm not going to kill myself, but, like, existence. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not going to leave the party because all your friends are there and, like, some of them are a little messy and you need to, you know, take care of them 
and you don't want them to worry about you, but like you really don't want to be at that party. Yeah. Like you're you're not, it's not even the friend thing. It's like I didn't want to come, but I'm already here. You know what I mean? I got all dressed up. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to like walk back. Yeah. <laughs> across campus and there's no safe ride. Yeah. There is no safe ride. So if you're listening to this, don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. You heard it here first. Don't. Hot take. Don't kill yourself. Yeah. Um. Anyway, did you watch the inauguration? We're recording this the day after the inauguration for all yes, the listeners. Yes, um, I did watch it. Um, I... Wa- okay. I don't watch a lot of inaugurations. Not that I've lived through that many, like, because we're both young. Um, I didn't watch Trump's. I very vaguely remember Obama's. So why was Lady Gaga there? Like, do they always invite yes. someone? Yes, they, like, in Obama's, it was Aretha Franklin. And also, who's saying? Someone else famous saying. And, but I actually looked this up. Trump's one, no one wanted to sing the national anthem for him. So they, so this lady who like won America's Got Talent like a long time ago sang, and she says she regrets her decision because now she's like, gay people don't think I'm an ally, which I am, but I can see how singing at Trump's inauguration would negate that fact. So it's always like a big time celebrity, but no one really wanted to sing at Trump's. Okay, interesting. So basically this confirms that Joe Biden is... A little uh, monster. monster. <laughs> yeah, a little monster, yeah. Yeah, I think, like, the person receiving the most attention isn't really Joe Biden, it's Bernie Sanders and his mittens. And his mittens, yeah. You know, I am the one who always says, never stand politicians. Like, they're all war criminals. Um, But then I see a photo of Bernie Sanders, and I forget everything I said. I feel the same way, especially, and I also feel the same way with John Ossoff because he's so attractive. <laughs> I'm like, don't stand politicians, but then I'll like like a fan cam of John Ossoff's hands or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, Bernie's. Um, I was reading this online. Bernie's mittens are apparently made from like recycled plastic or some shit. Yeah, from a um, second grade teacher. Yeah, that is the most Bernie Sanders thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. This man probably him. took a city bus to get to the inauguration. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, like, mixed feelings about the inauguration. But I feel like, like, I don't know. But I'm, I am glad Trump is gone, I have to say. Yeah, of course. Um, and Michelle Obama looked really good. She looked really, really, really good. She always does. Um... You know, everyone is like, you know, the Obamas dress good once and you forget their war crimes. But you know what? Leave my girl Michelle out of that. Um, Yeah, no. It's definitely like all politicians are war criminals. Like all presidents are war criminals. All politicians like do shady stuff. Mm -hmm. And, And like, yes, Donald Trump quadrupled civilian deaths in the Middle East and like doubled drone strikes like like it's so easy to be like republicans are worse which yes objectively they are but like the lesser of two evils isn't you know yeah and like yeah like i am happy of the things that biden has done so far like the keystone pipeline and 
transgender people in the military is now allowed again. Which, like, I can't believe Trump did that. Like, that was ages ago. And, like, yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. The one thing that bothers me is, like, this idea of unity. Because, like, who are we uniting with exactly? And, like, if we're gonna... Yeah, I... I am not uniting with people who want me dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's such a privileged take to be like, we're so divided and we need like solidarity. Um, Cause we are not the same. Like, yeah. Like I'm not going to tell, like if someone is happy about the inauguration, I'm not going to immediately like rain on their parade. Like you shouldn't be happy. Like there's a lot of reasons to be happy and it's okay to be happy as long as, like, you're not blinded to, like, their issues or their imperfect As long as character. you're not, like, retweeting, as long as you're not retweeting, like, girl boss tweets of <laughs> Kamala Harris. Yeah. I do not want to see any, like, white mugs with, like, pink lettering of girl boss Kamala Harris anywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Biden, I wrote my paper on this, my end of my end of semester paper on this but biden always saying like we need to come together like democrats and republicans were like stuck in this gridlock blah 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 like that kind of rhetoric is just not holding republicans accountable for asymmetric it's called asymmetric polarity because if you look at like all the policies and all of the ideologies of republican lawmakers and republican presidents all have gone further conservative and democratic lawmakers and democratic presidents have all remained relatively the same. So like mm-hmm. by by painting this as a as a two-sided issue is literally just letting them off the hook for like letting the budget ceiling default and like say like even when they had the fucking minority in all of the houses and everything, they they like held the congress hostage by like saying like no if you put obamacare in this bill like we're not gonna blah 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 anyway i just think that that kind of rhetoric is like democrats bringing a knife to a gunfight which is what we've been doing for like years Mm -hmm. but also at the same time i like see where joe biden's coming from because he does need to like like half the country doesn't think he was elected legitimately so like he's not gonna he can't come out and say like Democrats need to have a strong agenda because then people are going to fucking riot anyway. I I wonder what um the people like the Trump 2020 people, I wonder what their personalities are going to be now. Trump 2024, like what are we dealing with here? I just think about the day when like all the Trump supporter people who went to my high school and like who continuously post about Trump as their hero. Like, one day they're going to have grandkids and their grandkids are going to ask them about this and they're going to be like, yeah, I supported Trump. And they're they're going to have to watch as their grandkids, like, realize that their grandparents were racist. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. wh- I, I wonder when one day they're going to realize that they were on the wrong side of history. This is a comedy podcast, guys. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say something funny. Um, Okay. Are we leaving all of that in? I don't know. I'll cut it. I'll see what I'll see what's salvageable <laughs> from that. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. <laughs> so speaking of politics and immigrant parents, how do you think our girl Elaine Chow, aka 
Oh my Mitch McConnell's God. wife is doing nowadays. Why? What do you think led her to make the worst decision a human being could make? It's literally internalized racism. Yeah. Like, obviously, you shouldn't. Like, Elaine Chow, Asian American, you know, probably wealthy with Mitch McConnell. And, like, as the model minority, like, he can't. There's no violent stereotypes really against Asian Americans that Trump could fuel. So maybe the Trump presidency initially, like he'd never, like he called Mexicans rapists. He like has said all these racist things about black people and done all these racist things towards black people in the past. But as like an Asian American, maybe she can be like, he's never affected me, which is obviously the wrong thing to have as a mindset. But once he literally is fueling hate crimes against Chinese people in America, and you're still going to be his fucking secretary of transportation. That doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. How um how long do you think Melania is going to wait to divorce him? I think Melania, honestly, I think she's just as fucking complicit as Donald Trump. I yeah. I like yes, maybe she hates him. Yes, maybe she slaps his hand away, but I think she's equally evil, quite frankly. Like Yeah. Remember when she was like, "Oh, I hate immigrant children." At, yeah um, exactly a christmas thing or whatever and like white leftists are like oh my god we need to save melania and baron like i'm sorry but i could not give less of a shit about the trump family and like the whole save baron like i'm so sick of seeing memes about save baron and like save this trump and that trump like you know what they're rich white folks they will be fine baron Honestly, like, I pity anybody who has to, who's, like, born into hateful rhetoric and is, like, born into racism because, like, even though Google exists and you should be educating yourself, it's still hard to, like, break from that shell. So I oh, feel totally. bad for him that way. But he's not, like, he hasn't, he's definitely not the person we should be saving. Like, we should save Britney before we save Baron. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. We... <laughs> Like, there's so many more people who need saving in this country than, like, poor Barrett. Yeah. Um, anyway. Comedy. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. I mean, our whole political situation is a joke, so. Yeah. Technically still a comedy podcast. Yeah. You're right. So, I just moved to my off-campus apartment after being with my parents for the fall semester um and how do you like freedom how do you is this the first time you drink like drank alcohol in like months and months and months is that why you got drunk off a fucking like hard lemonade (laughs) that's i mean i would do that regardless um i'm five foot two and i don't have a tolerance um but yeah that's if freedom is wonderful you know what made me feel so there's always this thing of like what did you like not know was expensive until you became an adult and um kitchen appliances so expensive yeah you know what else i didn't realize was expensive until i had to start buying it for myself is fucking birthday cards like the when you go to CVS and you get the Hallmark cards. Yeah, well, I mean that's why birthday texts are free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or those birthday Instagram stories where it's like Happy Birthday Jennifer, you are my best friend. 
Wow. No, honestly, like, Instagram stories changed the birthday game. Like, changed the birthday game. Remember when people would post about other people's birthdays and that's the only way they could, like, honor their friends? Now, with a story, it's gone. It's bye. Like, you can say happy birthday yeah. to, like, your, like, sister's boyfriend's cat. Like, you could, like, and it doesn't really fucking matter because it's your story. <laughs> Yeah, I don't do the birthday posting on any social media because, like, I just, it's a lot of work and I would just rather tell you privately that I like you and, like, I'm that type of person where if I like you, you know it already and, like, I'm not going to make a post about it. Um, That's one reason. That just sounded like a lot of, like, social media elitism. But the main (laughs) reason is I, God... When it's, like, the one popular girl from high school's birthday or something, it's, like, terrorism on my social media (laughs) feed. Like, I am getting mobbed, and I just... I don't want to do that to someone else. Speaking of being mobbed, like, Instagram story, like, flooding of information, fucking Go Greek posts, they're all coming out on the same day as the inauguration, too. All of them. (laughs) Yeah, at least they didn't come out the same day as the coup, because can you imagine, like... No, that happened. There was a fucking... I was, it was a, one of the Tufts sorority something-something, and and they were posting, like, Go Greek during the coup, which I can't imagine what that group chat must have looked like. It must have been like, hey, girlies, I know that the coup's going on, but remember, we still have to post today. <laughs> and they're like really do we have to Brittany and they're like yes (laughs) like oh can you can you imagine a sorority group chat like the night before the election like hey sisters no matter who you supported in this election we're all a family (laughs) um yeah so I was thinking about this because like obviously sororities are not all white but I was like what is the appeal of sororities and fraternities isn't that this And I was thinking, what's, like, an equivalent? An equivalent would be, like, CSA, KSA, HKSA, Mm -hmm. like, the Chinese Student Association, like, the Korean Student Association. That's basically what a fraternity is. But for white people, I don't know. That's kind of, I don't know. Like, what's the, like, what do you do? What do you, what's the appeal, you know? So I definitely, um, I definitely have this internal battle. I I know this is crazy because... For anyone who doesn't know me that well and is listening to this podcast, I'm very much abolished Greek life. Um, and it's like, it's a big staple of my Tufts identity, I would say, is that I don't like Greek life as an institution. Um, but in my sophomore year, when Rush was happening, I definitely had a while where I was like, maybe I should do this. And I think that the appeal for me, at least, was like, I was one of those, I was one of those girls in high school who didn't have like a consistent friend group. Um like, or any friends at all, really, and then I came to college, you know, I had friends, but not really a group, and I was just really craving that, like, group setting, and, like, I just really wanted that consistent group chat, where you could always just text in the group chat, and be like, okay, who wants to go to Duick today, um, and just always have people, and it's the consistency that I really craved, um, but then I did a little googling, and I was like, no, um, you know, because Greek life as an institution, regardless of like, I'm not saying that every single person who is a sorority girl uh, 
at Tufts is like evil by any means. Like, oh, you know, a lot of my friends are in sororities and it's totally fine. Um, I'm just saying as an institution, Greek life is really fucked. And I didn't want to go anywhere near that. Um, and I also kind of realized that um, just like, I, I mean, maybe someone in a sorority will text me later about this and be like, hey, girly, this is not it. But um, I feel like throwing a bunch of people together off of like a superficial personality from Rush with no common interest, really. Like, I don't really see that. Like, I don't see the appeal in that personally. Yeah. I think it's a little bit, it feels a little bit like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> like, it feels, it feels a little very... bit like they're just collecting money from these tons and tons of people who are, like, really buy into this system. But why? Like, there's no way you're getting your money's worth that you can't get from something that is free. Which is why I compared it to, like, CSA or HKSA, like... It's just a group of people with not even, like, the same interests, but, like, vaguely, you know, like, vaguely the same identity, except even less than culture groups, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is the podcast episode where Alex and I get blacklisted from every single <laughs> sorority at Tufts, every single frat party. I'm fine um, with that, honestly. Um, and yeah, it's giving me very much MLM boss, babe. Um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting comparison. And this kind of, so there are these new, um, pseudo sororities, I like to call them that are taking tufts by storm. Um, so there's the Ivy and there's like, I think it's called Talia. It's the new Kayo. <laughs> yeah. So Basically, for anyone who doesn't know, um, a lot of sorority girls at Tufts disaffiliated from their sororities, like, after everything that happened this summer. Um, a little late, if you ask me, <laughs> but i um, glad that they did it. And then they kind of started their own thing from scratch that doesn't have any ties to, like, a national org. And it's just something at Tufts. So it's kind of distancing itself from the racist, sexist, homophobic, misogynistic, blah, 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 institution of Greek life. Um, and so what do you think about that, Alex? <laughs> um, it's a step in the right direction, right? Like, there's no, no bad things. No, nothing can get worse by disaffiliating from the national chapter. That's... Oh, clear. yeah. And I think, ta like, I know Talia is based on, like, like, a black woman started Talia and Tufts in the past, and, like, the name is an homage to her. And I think that's really, like, even though it's kind of, like, symbolic in a way, because it's not an all-black sorority or what now, it, but it's still a nice gesture, right? Yeah. But as, like, a person who can't even imagine benefiting from a Greek life system or anything that resembles Greek life, it still doesn't make sense to me. Like, you're... First of all, like, if there's still dues, it's still classist. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I don't know. Are there dues for the Ivy and Talia? I have no idea. I might just be, like, talking out my ass here. Yeah. But where would they get the funding otherwise? They can't. Yeah. Like, maybe they get money from TCU, but every club from TCU needs to, like, be under a certain category, like political, fucking arts, fucking performance. 
mm-hmm. performance. Mm-hmm. But like, what would the Ivy and Talia be under? That's why I'm saying like culture. Is it a culture club? What culture is it? White mm-hmm. girls? No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. They're not all white. But like, like what culture would it be? Like, you know, that's why it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if they have dues or not, so I'm not going to speak on that. But um, I am curious to see what comes out of this. Like, I, I would really like to see, like, whether this gets more people to join, um, whether they'll still um, welcome people by opening doors and screaming, we've been waiting for you all summer. Um yeah. What else? I, I wonder if they'll still do the hand on the knee pose. <laughs> no hate to anyone who does that. It's a cute pose. I do it. Um, and what are some other sorority girl stereotypes that I can milk for comedy's sake? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's how detached I am from Greek life at this point. Yeah. Like, and also, like, if you want to do philanthropy, then fucking join any of the f- other philanthropy clubs, activist clubs on campus. Like, that's another thing I don't get. Mm-hmm. So, like, when people are making fun, like, you're paying to make friends. Like, yes, it's a little bit of a burn, but it's factually true, you know? Um, Literally all facts, no printer. No printer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what also is, like, really interesting to me is that while the sororities basically have fallen apart. Like, the only thing that's left is Theta, and, like, a lot of girls drop Theta, mm-hmm. and Kayo, but Kayo is basically now Talia. So, and the thing that's really interesting to me is that frats, they're all fucking still there. Yeah. And frats, honestly, are the main problem. Like, if we're talking about, like, sexual assault on campus, if we're talking about, like, where, like, only frats can throw parties. I guess one thing that's good is that, like, women can throw their own parties in their own house, which will probably be safer for them. Mm-hmm. Like, now that they're disaffiliated, like, these sororities, fake sororities, can, like, throw parties. But, like, the main problem was with the fraternities, and they're all fucking still there. So it's so funny how, like, the only people who are taking co- sort of accountability are the people who weren't the main problem to begin with. You know what I mean? It just shows that women always have to take accountability for men's actions um yeah this is not a safe space for men (laughs) not at all not at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i feel like so okay so basically one this one girl that i knew who was in kayo was like i i kind of had the perception of sororities that people only rush so they can drink and go to parties and then I found out that like at Tufts that's not a like sororities can't throw parties you can't be seen with alcohol if you're wearing sorority apparel and apparently the motto of Kayo is um be ladylike always or something so you can't be seen in a photo holding a beer or something um it's giving me very much 1920s misogyny love um yeah no literally like tufts is definitely like the most low-key place for greek life but when you go outside tufts and like especially in the south they like starting senior year they like filter through their instagram make sure everything's picture perfect people hire coaches so that they can get in the top sororities once they go to college and then you pay thousands of dollars a semester so that someone can tell you what you can and can't post on instagram yeah like if you wanted that, then you should have just had my fucking immigrant mom 
That's she does that already. Like yeah. I don't pay thousands of dollars for that. I'm getting the same experience. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I I would say the only thing that is kind of worth it in joining a sorority is I heard that they have those Google Drives of past exams um for every <laughs> class. Um during Zoom University, like I would pay for that. Um don't expel me. I have academic integrity. Um. <laughs> um, okay. Segue. So we talked about how we met, which was you invited me to pregame with you for that party. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about how we became friends. Because audience, this is how me and Anani became friends. I'm on Instagram one day and I get a notification. Message from Ananya? That's random. I've never had a message from Ananya before. And Ananya is the only person I know who uses the message snap thing from Instagram. <laughs> and I open it up. Can I tell the story? I um, open it up, and it's a selfie of Ananya. And the text above it says, I'm in class, but all I could think about is getting railed. <laughs> <laughs> and I reply like, hey girl, I don't think you meant to send this to me, but that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I was like, girl, you need to touch some grass. <laughs> Go outside. <laughs> no, just kidding. That's like also me. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I really hope my parents don't find this podcast. They won't. They... And if they do, they won't listen this far. I guarantee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I talked about porn in the last... Jesus Christ, I hope my... I'm still in my parents' house. Fuck it. I, was, I talked about porn <laughs> in the last episode but I'm gonna talk about it again because I cannot get over this I saw a porn and it was around a Thanksgiving table and they bring out from the oven no like it was then they went to the bedroom whatever but like it started at the the Thanksgiving table it was it was around Thanksgiving so it was Thanksgiving themed don't don't tell me they were in the same family in this plot they were no, they okay. Here's the thing. Uh, I didn't watch uh, this video because I wanted to enjoy it. I just wanted to see where the storyline went, and they were stepsisters and stepbrothers, step siblings. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they take the turkey out of the oven, and it's an inflatable turkey. It's fucking like a pool toy. It's inflatable. Oh my god. And then they put it on the table, and they're all looking like, mm. and I was like, it's a fucking inflatable turkey. <laughs> like, there's no way anyone is jerking off to this because it's an inflatable turkey like that really is just like the funniest shit i've ever seen in my life and then like fine inflatable turkey it's hard to get like they could have just gotten a rotisserie chicken from costco like that would have been better but the best part is that they put the turkey on the table right next to the turkey is a bowl full of plastic vegetables like the tiny carrots and tomatoes that you play with when you're fucking three years old that's in the bowl I was like, fucking, you couldn't put, like, a head of lettuce in there? Oh, my God. That's it, the, that's the it, shit that lesbians make earrings out of and sell them on Literally. Etsy. So <laughs> I just had to talk about that because I thought it was the funniest thing. I, I, like, started laughing. It was, and then they were, like, went off and fucked, and I was like, okay, new video. But it was, like, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen that intro of, um... A guy in his bathtub and some random lady comes in and is like, get out of the water. There's a shark. Get out of the pool. Yeah. It's a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one. Um, I've also seen one. Have you? It's called like lemon picking whore. That was, that was <laughs> going to be my next thing. Yeah. Uh, the funniest ones to me are like 
a burglar comes in and like starts stealing this woman's shit and she's like how could you and he's like she's like if you fuck me i won't call the police (laughs) (laughs) call the police (laughs) those are just so funny like there's no way real people have those fantasies like pizza man maybe burglar (laughs) anyway uh have you ever seen the ones where someone gets stuck in a washing machine um i have not but i i know the genre the stuck genre Um, yeah that was (laughs) okay for the tfl show intro Ananya's intro was her looking under the sink and then her turning around and like looking at the camera and she told me to put like a speech a thought bubble that was like what are you doing step bro as like a stuck porn moment <laughs> but I showed the clip to my friend no context and she was like oh my god like she got it right away without the text the speech bubble and I was like I don't need a speech bubble like people no, no. Get it. Uh, this is the last activity that I want to add the podcast on. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, is there anything else you, would, you want to talk about on the podcast? I mean, you know I could talk to you all day, Alex. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is what I'm going to end the podcast on. Everyone play along. And mm-hmm. everyone play along. Okay. Think about your favorite animal. Okay. Think about your second favorite animal. Okay, everyone mm-hmm. have it. Think about the feeling you have when you think about the ocean. Now think of the thought you have, like the feeling, any adjective Uh that you have when you think about darkness. Okay. Okay. This is what all of your thoughts mean. Okay. Keep these four things in your mind. Mm -hmm. Your first favorite animal is how you see yourself. So I am a frog. You are a frog. I am yeah. a dog. <laughs> That's so favorite... basic, Alex. Oh my god. I know. I know. I love dogs. What can I say? Second favorite animal is how you picture your significant other or like how you would want your significant other to be like. An elephant. So I would want my husband to be a conservative. No. <laughs> no, no. I think that means you want him to be smart and have a good memory. Oh. <laughs> um randy do you have a you go to harvard so you must have kind of a good memory and you must be smart randy randy can't even remember like what he had for breakfast the same day (laughs) um okay the feelings that you have about the ocean is how you think about love fear what was fear (laughs) (laughs) oh randy i'm so sorry i i thought about like the vastness like, when I initially did this exercise, I thought of the vastness. And then how you think about darkness is how you think about death. Mine was relaxed. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, CMHS, call me. I, me I thought of, like, uncertainty. That's what I thought the first time. And I got this from a TikTok, and this girl was like, ocean trash. And she also did, like, darkness, like, peaceful. (laughs) So, like, but also this is just a bullshit activity and it doesn't mean anything. But if anyone out there sees themselves as a turtle, hit me up. (laughs) Yeah. That means that they're Mitch McConnell. No, I don't want Mitch McConnell. I'll hit you with a (laughs) twist. I mean, you you are an East Asian woman. (laughs) 
Oh my fuck. <laughs> and I do love transportation. Maybe maybe this is this was Elaine Chow's villain origin story. Is that she did this activity and she thought about turtles and she was like Mitch McConnell? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. You know Mitch McConnell's first name is Addison. Addison. I need a bad bleep. Addison Ray. <laughs> yeah. I and also, um, who is it? Is it Ted Cruz's first name is different? Um hold on. Looking it up. Joe Joe Biden's middle name is Robinette. Yes, King. No, not King. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter say "gay ass middle name." <laughs> Ted Cruz's <laughs> first name is actually Raphael. Raphael wow. Edward Cruz. I wonder if he changed his first name to appeal more to his like white racist constituents. <laughs> um. <laughs> Cause like Ted is such like a American name, yeah. And Raphael sounds a little bit not ethnic. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Hi, Dad. Podcast are you having? I'm filming a podcast. Yeah, everything is a podcast. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> everything that is working is podcast. Okay. Podcast. Everything is podcast. <laughs> Everything is everything a is podcast. If you think about it, everything is a podcast. Yeah, like my inner monologue. The, the, the sounds of you guys do. The most productive thing to do is podcast. Okay, since my dad is shit is being mean to me right now, um, I think it's the best we end this podcast. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Um. Absolutely. So what's my outro? Okay, I'm. I've been. I've been Alex Sue. I've been Ananya. I will probably continue to be. Hopefully. And yeah. thanks for listening to us um, literally get cancelled for the last 40 so minutes. We are literally, yeah, it's going to be mass unfollow spree for us. Um, oh, God. We're going to have zero followers left. We actually are going to get cancelled <laughs> by Green Clive for actually. We're, we're literally going to be blacklisted by every organization. No, we're not. Like, died. no one's... What? That? You tell your friends you almost died with the Bieber. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. Um, bye. Bye, everyone. Was a pleasure. Bye.